Like I knew based on how the 848 moved, I was like, I'm probably good for like 870. But I was like, I don't really have enough time to like, you know, so I'm like, just get enough back to hit 860, hit the 860 like nice and clean, no questions, you know what I mean? And next time I'll plan my attempts like, you know, accordingly to set up for like 870, 880 probably. Welcome to the Barband Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barband.com. Hey folks, David with the Barband Podcast here. This week, we're reposting an episode with one of our favorite powerlifters, and that's Kevin Oak, who's joined the podcast a couple of times. This recording is from a few years ago, and Kevin is once again ramping up, set some new world records on the platform. So we hope you enjoy this deep dive into the mind of a record-breaking powerlifter. Today in the Barband office, we are honored to have powerlifter and man about town, New York strength icon, Kevin Oak. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. What's up, guys? So you mentioned, I, I got to start off, you mentioned right before we started recording that you're feeling skinny these days and you're down 15 pounds. Was that intentional or unintentional? Um, intentional, but not really, did not intend to lose it that quick, but um, I'm dropping a weight class for my next comp. I want to try to go after like the, the 220 squat record, so I got to get under 240 basically, which I am already, but I was like sick all last week, so... That weight came off a little a little quicker than expected. <laughs> do but, you do you fluctuate? Does your weight in in training, like when you're not necessarily in competition prep, do you naturally fluctuate a lot? Yeah, I usually come down. So at my last meet when I competed at 242, I was walking around at like 250 to 255 ish mostly. But um, I have to like eat up to that weight. So. Outside of that, then I usually I usually immediately just come right back down to like the two thirties. I was gonna ask, is it harder to take on or put on weight and at what range is it the toughest for you? Um neither are that hard. Um I mean it's probably harder to put on weight for me because I have a like I just have a pretty high BMR and I'm not a big eater, so I have to really like think to eat more. Whereas it's easy for me to to lose weight, I just kind of eat a little less and I'm more active, just move around more, walk around more, do a little cardio. And I just, I usually drop weight like pretty quick. So that, that for all of you at home, just that's, that's the Kevin Oak method. If you're looking to drop weight, <laughs> just do a little, do a little cardio, be one of the world's best power lifters in multiple weight classes. It'll come off in the blink of an eye. It's super, super easy. I'll walk around town. When you were running <laughs> track in college, how much did you weigh? Like 180, 185. So, so yeah, I'm so, a little bigger now. So big Kevin <laughs> ate little Kevin, and that's and that's what we get. That's what we get right now. It's mostly in my shoulders. My legs are the same size still. That's that's impressive. Your legs are not small. <laughs> so I guess I guess that makes sense for 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 track athletes. So you're cutting down. You're going to compete at 220. Let's talk about your recent performances at the weight class above that, um, because they are certainly, certainly noteworthy. And if you wouldn't mind giving listeners who might not be familiar a recap of, you know, your last comp and uh, your performance there. Yeah. At my last competition, I did the hybrid performance showdown down in Miami. Um, I ended up pretty much 
doing squat only. I wanted to do full meat, but I had strained both of my um, bicep tendons, like where it connects to the shoulder on both sides. So I couldn't bench a lot. Did a token bench, and then I thought I'd be able. I thought I would be able to deadlift, but I had like a strained IT band, and it was like it was very iffy when I was trying to warm up for deadlift. So I was kind of like, all right, like leaving alone but squat went well <laughs> broke my own world record by 22 pounds so that was good what'd you what'd you end up squatting um 860 in knee sleeves not knee wraps so raw at 242 and, and was not, that had you had you gone heavier than that in training or was that just like a lifetime pr in any no, that's a lifetime pr by a lot the 848 that i did before it was a lifetime pr by a lot before that, the heaviest ever squat was the 838 I did at my last meet, which was a lifetime PR. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't usually go that heavy on squats in training. I just don't really get much out of it. I'm more of a, I'd rather hit like a heavy triple, heavy four rep, five rep, that I get more out of that. And I can usually, I don't have that issue of, on squats at least, where I can't go from like doing lighter weight to heavier weight. Like, I usually don't have an issue maxing out on squats, so I don't really worry about like hitting that top top weight in training. Yeah. So now, correct me if you correct me if I'm wrong. So the third attempt actually broke the world record. You pushed it even further on the fourth attempt, right? Yeah. So I planned on going. Um, I was targeting like somewhere in the eight fifties, right? So um, originally I was going to go eight fifty four on my third, but I was like, yeah. Let me hit 848 because I hit 820 like six or something on my second just to like be warmed up enough for it. So I was like, let me see how 848 feels. And then I'll know how much I have left for like a fourth attempt. So I smoked 848. Um, I probably actually had like 870 in me, but you don't have that much time. If you take a fourth, you have to take it like right after all of the third attempts. And I was already tired from doing 848. So I was like, let me hit like 860, another like 12 pounds and i was gonna say say, it was insane (laughs) how easy it looked but also i want to ask you a question so you break the world record on the third you're heading into your fourth attempt what's going through your head man like i want to because i can't even comprehend that weight and you've already have the world record what's going in your head to the fourth attempt was it about fun was it about pushing your limits what was what was there i was honestly just trying to get my energy back as quick as i could i was like if i have enough i was like if i get into the bar recovered enough from like that 848 i'll hit it like i knew based on how the 848 moved i was like i'm probably good for like 870 but i was like i don't really have enough time to like you know so i'm like just get enough back to hit 860 hit the 860 like nice and clean no questions you know what i mean and next time i'll plan my attempts like you know accordingly to set up for like 870 880 probably and it's worth noting for most people, even if you're listening to this podcast and you've competed in strength sports before, powerlifting especially, even having a fourth attempt is is so rare and signifies that you're at that level. For people who might not be familiar, you know, when does that fourth attempt come in? Because it's not something you see at every powerlifting meet. Yeah, usually um, in certain federations, if you're going for a world record attempt, you can take a fourth attempt as long as you also um, hit your third attempt. So that is that is even just saying like oh on my fourth attempt when someone leads with that and talking about their powerlifting <laughs> performance you're like oh I bet it went well I will never have a fourth attempt in my lifetime 
but it's all right. know, man. This cut's like one thirty-two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to set a PR for fourth attempts witnessed. I just got I'm just going to go to a lot of powerlifting meets and just talk about fourth attempts. I've seen a good amount of fourths. Yeah, yeah, a good, good amount sprinkled throughout the years. Well, I was going to say you you lifted big meets, bigger bigger meets than bigger yeah. meets than <laughs> a small fit. I I want to start a federation where it's it's. You can you can take a fourth attempt if it's a gym PR. Like if it's the most it's been squatted in <laughs> that in that weight class at that gym, and we're just gonna have a lot of we're gonna go to a lot of small CrossFit boxes and have powerlifting meets. So a lot of people will get fourth attempts. Probably still not Jake, unfortunately. Now De- see the thing is not. with fourth attempts, it's not really worth it most of the time. Like I only did it because I knew I wasn't benching basically. Right, right. So I didn't really care about wasting that energy. But normally I don't do fourth attempt squats. I just try to get those three attempts like right on. Like at the last the last meet, I hit um eight thirty eight on the third. And I could have went for a fourth and went heavier, but I was like, I'm going for a world record total. So I'm like, I don't don't waste the energy. You just kinda have to build your total from there. But I was kind of doing squat only, so it's like whatever, just keep going just max out we've we've found something even rarer than taking a fourth attempt squat and it's declining a fourth attempt squat (laughs) so even more even more rare than having the option is saying you know what i'm not going to increase that world record again today and speaking of world records so what is the current world record in the 220 pound weight class and what um what have you kind of squatted around there at that weight um, at 220, it's 8.22 for raw, no knee wraps. Um, I did 8.10 like three years ago, and that was the last time I competed at 2.20. Gotcha. So like I know I can go, and that was low bar, a high bar most of the time. So like I know I can go heavier. So I'm just going to try to see what I can do with a, a little leaner. <laughs> so are you going for are you going for just a squat record in that category or do you want the total record in that weight category? I'm not sure yet. Definitely I want to go after a squat. Depends how well my shoulder recovery is by then if I can cuz I haven't benched in over a month. So it's like I I got to get to a point where I can start benching again and I don't want to rush it. So like if if I'm not ready, I'm just not I'm not going to force it for this meet, but if they're good, if they're good to go and I can bench or whatever, then like I'll try to go for the total too. Which lift do you lose the most on uh, during a weight cut or if you're dropping a weight class? Um, it varies. Probably bench. Bench is like an immediate loss when your body weight goes down for sure. Like honestly, I'm going to sound like a jerk, but I don't even like to bench when I'm under like 245 because it just feels very different and I can do tell my range of motions like a little longer and i just feel weak so probably bench but also squat deadlift my deadlift will actually go up when my body weight goes down because i can just get into position easier but um yeah it's between squat and bench but bench i just feel it like you you're on the bench you just know you're like oh this just sucks like (laughs) this bar is going so far (laughs) no it's it's crazy i feel like I am nowhere near your level, but that's always the same for me. If like a couple pounds makes a fucking huge difference on the bench, like even the setup and how I contract and like get set up, it's just, I feel off. I don't feel right and normal. So I, I, I understand that. I don't think you're a jerk in saying that. I think a lot of people <laughs> listening are probably like, yeah, my bench sucks when I lose five, 10, 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. But I honestly don't even like when I'm under two forty. I just don't even want to bench. <laughs> I'm like, screw this, but squat too. 
Yeah. Squat, you definitely know. But on squat, I guess the difference is if you come in like really bloated on bench, it won't mess with you. Whereas on squat, you can feel too bloated some days and it can work against you. So bench is very just straightforward, direct relationship, like body weight up, bench presses up, body weight down, bench presses down. On, on the deadlift, you talk about getting into slightly better positions when you've dropped a little bit of weight. I know I've talked to some people in heavier weight classes that when they when they drop weight, they actually get a better grip on the barbell. Their hands have a little bit less fat on them. Have yeah. you noticed that as well? Um, not really. I I personally just haven't had the the grip issue. Um, I mean, I don't sumo actually, but I don't. I pull conventional in competition, but um, I've definitely seen that, especially for people when they're recomping. After a big weight cut, a lot of people's hands just swell a lot. I've never had that issue, but for me, it's more so just like if my stomach is bigger, um, it'll usually like my lower back will just be more sore generally. And when I'm trying to like drop my hips down into conventional, sometimes I just can't get like as, I just can't get as good a position. It's just, it's annoying. It feels, it's just hard to like just get down there. It just feels that much harder, you know? So wait, you, you lift conventional in competition. I see you train sumo quite a bit. So you only cheat in training. <laughs> For the most part, although I'm trying to learn hook grip, right? Because for me, for the most part over the years, training sumo kind of builds strength better for me, whereas conventional is more of just like a display of strength. Like I can just do it for the most part and I tend to be stronger conventional than sumo. But my last training cycle, I was able to hit like an 800 triple on sumo. So I was like, wait, like my sumo might actually be stronger than my conventional now. But I can't, um, I can't pull heavy sumos without straps. When I try to do over under, the bar just like flips away from me. So like I'm trying to learn hook now, but we'll see. How's that process <laughs> going? And how have you I only did one session and then I got sick and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so the process so jake to answer your question the process isn't going well yeah, it's not going. <laughs> he, he hook i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's causation but hook grips once gets sick loses 15 pounds of body weight this let this be a warning for every no i'm a little i'm a little i'm a little biased i had a pretty significant wrist surgery a few years ago that i partially attribute to heavy hook grip deadlifts but that's just really? that's just I'm my worrying about that but i'm like I, I actually think it was an old injury from something else that i just never got fixed and then it really started getting aggravated with like heavy hook grip deadlifts well heavy for me N no weight for you basically so like i, I didn't know it was on hook because i was having issues of i tried it like twice so far this training cycle and i noticed that um because i was trying to figure out because i can over i can double overhand like 600 usually like 550 but the most i've done is like six right but when i go to hook it becomes like an issue and i noticed that when you do like an overhand your hand is like more like this kind of your wrist is kind of bent in whereas when you do hook the line gets stretched like this way and that's like a big issue for me it's what i'm noticing because i just have really tight forearms yeah you feel it in the tendons and everything in your forearms yeah, so it, it just feels completely different and then when i try to um when i try to get my lats tight it's just really it's just extremely awkward but i'm working on it the other issue is because when i was sick I kept sneezing. I sneezed so hard I freaking strained my intercostal on the left side. So I can't even deadlift right now, really. Like, I could do, like, a slow descent squat. But if I try to deadlift right now, that's it's going to hurt a lot. So. Ke Kevin Oak's immune system is so strong that he got he got sick and pulled a muscle. 
Let that that's 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 illness goals for all for people me. who are wondering if you can like hurt your ribs sneezing. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest question we had coming into this meet, uh, this, this <laughs> podcast. But speaking of having trouble with some bicep tendons, right? So I see you've been posting more with the Motive guys and doing a lot more like prehab and rehab work, and they've been sharing some of your stuff out too. Um, this, as from all the years I've followed you, this is the most I've ever seen you share out with that kind of work and exercise and kind of stuff you're doing for your body. What's inspi- what's like what sparked that and what inspires doing more of that work? Are you doing more than you ever have? Are you being a little bit more in tuned with things that you might not have accounted for earlier on or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, mainly now I'm trying to go to kin stretch. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Kind of, yeah, so I'm trying to do at least one kin stretch class a week. I couldn't go last week, but I'm going to go this Sunday and I'm just trying to go at least once a week. But just one of those things where the more meat you do as time goes by, you're getting more and more beat up, so... Just being able to still compete in itself becomes like almost a sport or, you know, like just getting to the platform in one piece is hard enough in itself. So it's one of those things where as you get older, you just got to do more and more to actually be able to stay out on the field. I have a very serious question now. So dropping down to 220, competing, hopefully setting a world record there. After that's accomplished, when will you inevitably make the change to CrossFit? That was obviously not a serious question. I absolutely. If I, I, I tried to do, I've thought of this before. I'm like, what would even happen if I tried to do like a wad or whatever, and it would go so bad? Because I'm just like, literally, I'm like all fast twitch muscle, and I have asthma, and I have just no endurance <laughs> at all. So it's just like, it would be such a disaster. Kevin Kevin Oak will, will stare down nearly 900 pounds on a barbell without blinking, but you asked this man to run a mile. Dude, I can't even do like sets of split squats, right? So <laughs> All right. literally I had, I did split squats all the week and I was like dying. Split squats are hard. Like split squats are hard. I don't care. <laughs> like you can just get in a, like a Bulgarian split squ- split squat position with your body weight and do 10 reps on each leg and you're going to be breathing heavy. Like they're just tough. That and I'm just tight and like imbalance so i'm like falling all over the place and <sighs> i was gonna say what's the, like what's the norm for you to work on when you're doing more of that like prehab and rehab work like what's your uh where are your troublesome areas these days um it's always the same thing shoulders hips knees have gotten better luckily for me i didn't have any quad tendonitis this last training cycle and i was like stunned because i usually get that especially towards the end but when I didn't have any quad tonight, so I was like, oh, like I'm going to squat a lot. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this is, I might not be able to bench, but my shoulders might not work. But the tendonitis just migrated. You, it just, your, your body Pretty took much. It just from, went to my bicep tendons. You, you, you keep, a, there's like a set level of tendonitis you have as an elite power lifter, and it has to go somewhere. So you have honestly, to like, like it it's out. really like that. <laughs> like it's never all good, but whatever. I got some squats in. What are some other goals that you have in your powerlifting career? I mean, you've accomplished a lot. You've accomplished more than <laughs> we've talked to a lot of great powerlifters on this podcast, and you're one of the most accomplished people in the sport we've talked to. Is there anything left as far as like, hey, I want to do this or I want to do this at this body weight? Yeah, I really want like a 900 squat in the sleeves, which. I probably didn't really think would be possible until I did the 860 and it wasn't that hard. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I probably can get to 900. 
at some point. Like, I'll need to be a little heavier probably, but I was like, eh. I was like, even that day, I was like, I'm probably capable of 880 right now in like a perfect day. So I'm like, it's 20 more pounds. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, like, you know, it's one of those things where when you're not squatting that much yet, so, and you look at the number 900, you're like, like, I'm never going to get there, like 900. But it's like a couple years ago when I did 220, when I, I squat 810, and that was a PR. So at that point, it's like, if you're looking at 900, you're like, well, that's never going to come, right? But all of a sudden, like three years later, it's like, or like a year or two after that, it was like I was at 830, then like close to 840 with some left in the tank. Then I go, this means I do 860, where I feel like I can do 870, maybe even be at 880. And then it's like, oh, well, that gap is closed now. 900 isn't so far away. So I feel like I can get to nine. It's going to be hard. But I can get there. Probably as like a two seventy five or but sick. What keeps you going with that path? Like, I feel like you keep setting these new landmarks for yourself, and you're kind of in uncharted territories in respects to your weight class. What's uh, what's that why that keeps you going for this bigger number? Is it just to prove yourself wrong? Is it just to push push the sport further? I don't know. You know, it's almost like you just you just keep. I don't know. You just want to keep going after he, it. He, he's a power lifter, Jake. Man, his motivation is to power lift. Yeah, I know, but but Simon, you don't even think you don't even think of yourself as like a power lifter or anything. You're just like, I want more. You just always want. Once you get to whatever level or you get whatever accomplishment, you always want more. So, what what factor has your competition? By that I mean other people in the well, you compete in two weight classes. Other people in those two weight classes, um, there are a lot of good lifters at at two twenty and and above. You know what factor does that play in in pushing you? Or do they push you, or are you kind of just keeping that motivation internal? Like yes and no. Um, I don't really know. It's like I'm aware of who's out there for sure, and I like seeing people hit bigger and bigger numbers and break records. Um, but the way I've always looked at it is powerlifting isn't like a contact sport. It's like, you're kind of doing your own thing. So it doesn't really, like if someone shows up tomorrow and squats like nine fifteen sleeves out of nowhere, it wouldn't really, it doesn't like affect me in any way. So it's hard to, um, you know, I just, it's like you have your goals and you go after them. You'd like, probably, you'd probably be pretty impressed if someone pulled that off. No, I would definitely <laughs> be impressed, but I just mean like, you don't. Know, it doesn't change what you're doing at all. Like if someone, if so, you just, you go after your numbers. If that happens to be a world record, cool. If it's not a world record, like you're still going after your numbers. So. Is there anyone, okay. Is anyone in your weight classes or, or beyond, it could be on the men's side or the women's side, anyone you look at today and they really do surprise you. Like the equivalent of, of if someone showed up at, you know, at 220 or, or, or 242 into like a, a 950 pound squat and sleeves or something like that. Is there anyone where you see them doing something could be any weight class, could be man or woman. And it surprises you to that extent. Not, not really, not anymore. Um, and mostly just because I've always known that the numbers were, were going to go up a lot. You know, I feel like a couple years ago it was very, um, the depth was very thin and it was just, it was a lot easier to break world records. And the talent pool just wasn't that big. Yeah, the sport so. was smaller. It wasn't yeah, what it is today. So as more people come in, I know we're just going to keep seeing more and more freaks. 
and we're going to see more and more like extremes of things, like especially with like like sumo deadlifts and stuff like that. We're just going to see more and more people be able to pull like a thousand and a thousand plus. Like I've always figured that was just going to happen. I'm like, it's people are going to like be drawn to this, and it's you know, like first it was like Yuri a couple years ago that really shocked people, but now you have multiple people that are pulling like nine fifty plus. Like someone else over the weekend just pulled right around nine fifty. It, that that's that's and that's hilarious even when like barbin's not even four years old and the fact that when we started out i could you know i could name everyone in the world who could pull that weight now it's like oh someone pulled 950 I don't, yeah I don't, a couple I don't years ago it was. it was it was the race to 900 in my week like the 222 42 it's like who's gonna break 900 now it's like now it's just like all right well who's gonna be able to get into like that position on sumo and see what they can you know like it's just it's changed. There's just a bunch of guys now that can do like 950 plus or getting close to a thousand. And there's going to be more. Yeah. I, I remember, what was it? It was three years ago, right, David? When we first covered Kaler's like big, was it 800 or 900 pound pull? And it just like exploded. And then I feel like a couple months after, within like six months, we were seeing just a landslide of more and more heavy pulls. I think it was it was like maybe a 900 in training off the I don't even think it was yeah, like probably a, around like that. I was like off the blocks or something like that. I don't even know if it was a full lift and it was just like the article just went absolutely nuts. It's like, "Oh, here's this a lot of comments were and this is this is no disrespect to to Kaler. It was who's this skinny guy pulling pulling <laughs> 900 900 pounds?" Have like, you seen Kaler in person? I know I've never met Dude. him in person. He has like a weird frame. Like person. he looks skinny oh in video, but on in person he's like kind of tallish, but he has like a very broad shoulders. Well, he's got really very long, small waist, really long limbs, so it might look skinny like on camera. But if your arms yeah, are like that long, I mean, he isn't that heavy. He's under two twenty most of the time. So, but like just the way he's built, you're like, what? He's like a spider kind of, and you're like, <laughs> what the hell? And just when you look at him, you can just like tell his hips are like very strong and solid you know what i mean like he's just he's one of those people you gotta see in person yeah it was like okay so this is weird and if Kaylor's watching this he's like <laughs> dude what the f-? so at the 2018 arnold i was standing in the cage and i remember taking a picture with Kaylor, and the first thing that went through my head i was like this dude's lat is freaking he's very wide huge. Yeah. i was like holy crap i'm like this is like a whole nother body that's was- what happens with most deadlifters like bench pressers look big from the front but deadlifters usually look kind of thin, but then their backs are just wide and thick. So, plus they usually have long, skinny arms. So, like, it gives them a thinner appearance, but they're usually pretty jacked. Yeah, it was nuts. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm going to say the, the, the days of the deadlift, I think this is the last year, 2020, that we're going to be paying attention to the deadlift. I think a lot of barriers are going to break this year. And I think I think... In the sport of strongman, I think Eddie Hall's 500 kilos is going to fall this year. I think Thor. I think Thor is going to lift it. I do. He's going to be attempting it a couple times this year. I don't think so. You don't train so. with Thor. He's awesome. Not not. He might do it on like the elephant bar or whatever. But like calibrated plates on a deadlift bar. I don't. I don't think so. That's one. That's probably like one of the craziest lifts ever. That 500 kg deadlift. That's like that was such an insane. And he just like smoked it. I was like, "What?" The well, fuck? he almost—I mean, he almost died. To be fair, like he, he had like a heart attack. After, he, like, he, he he was bleeding from his face. Yeah. After. Like, oh my so God. just to just to clarify, um, it smoked it smoked him. But I actually okay. So that's that's a that's a prediction. I think 
the, I think the next thing we're going to see about, I feel like deadlifts have kind of had the last few years. I feel like it's going to be, we're going to be focusing more on the bench. And I think a lot of that's due to Julius Maddox trying yeah. to make a run at 800. But I think there are a lot of other really good benchers out there right now. And I think that's the lift where we're going to see a lot more barriers fall over the next few years. Possible. Possible. Yeah. Do you think Julius Maddox can hit 800 pounds this year? Um, I don't know. It's hard to know. I wouldn't say he can't. But uh, I know he just hit seven sixty five. and it looked it looked. I wouldn't call anything like that easy because it's it's clearly not. But it it looked smooth. Yeah, um, I definitely wouldn't say he can't. And his bench is going up, so it's like I don't know when it's going to stop. <laughs> like it might stop on the other side of eight hundred, and it might stop on this. Like I don't know. Who knows? It's weird thinking that there could be a hard stop out there for a lift like that, right? It's like. It keeps progressing, but is there a hard stop? Like, is there going to be a finite number that the human body is just like, nah, man, I'm not doing any more of this? I mean, that's a great question across athletics, right? Yeah. Not even just strength sports. Like, how fast can someone go? You know, we saw like. I've seen you seeing Bolton person. That dude's a monster, too. <laughs> <laughs> what is, yeah, I've never seen, I've never seen him in no, person. He is, he's like 6'5 and just like ripped and just. We see him in person, you're like, I get it. <laughs> like you see his muscle fibers and you're like that's like not from this planet like what is this guy <laughs> well people probably see you and they think the they think the same thing you're just 200 220 pounds of fast twitch muscle fiber and asthma so people probably see you <laughs> and they go this guy he's not he's not from around here i feel like there's people who look up to me and i'm just like no because i look up to people like i look at like zion and i'm like all right this dude's like six six and so, like, sharp athletically where you can just, like, stop on a dime and do these moves and also has, like, a 48-inch vertical and it's, like, 280. Like, that to me is, like, crazy. Yeah, but you got, like, a 47-inch vertical, right? <laughs> I probably used to have. I I tried to figure it out when I was in high school. And I'm only, like, I was, like, 5'10 in high school. So I'm, like, 5'11 now. But I used to be able to hit my head. I used to be able to brush it, like, right on the bottom of the backboard. So I figured my vertical was like around like 46. But again, that's at that height, which isn't as impressive as a guy with like a 48-inch vertical at like 6'6". Six, six. Well, that's like uh, a whole nother level. You were also a lot lighter back yeah. then. You also have a lot more weight to move right now. Oh, right now I can't. I, I, I tried. Um, I forgot. I measured my vertical like a year ago. I think it was like 38 or something now. That's still insane. That's still, yeah. That's like upper echelon of like college yeah, basketball if players. i wasn't as heavy i mean it would be right up in them <laughs> but you know there's a lot of people out there of crazy verticals though you'd be surprised so you can you can do you like do you do you play basketball these days oh you no not now i came literally my arm is so tight and <laughs> whatnot i can't even shoot straight like look which way my hand goes in the shooting position like it's supposed to go like like, if I try to shoot, it's super awkward. Yeah, but you're great at dishing it. You just play point and just dish out assists. Just like, <laughs> yeah. like Ricky Rubio stretch. over here, just, just dishing out all these assists. Just like these I creative passes. Play. I used to play, but nah, not anymore. It's one of those things where when you stop and you also add a lot of body weight, <laughs> it gets very difficult to get back into. That, that makes sense. That that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious. If anyone, like, if you can dunk a basketball... Then like I if I could dunk a basketball I cannot I'd just play basketball all the time like I w I would just just 
post up under the rim at like rec leagues and just be like, hey, pass, pass it to me. Now, I used to be able to dunk, but I mean, you, I also, you probably still can't. You, you're still physically capable. I'd probably of hurt my knee if I really tried. Oh, I you, feel you like. could. Now, you might not survive. <laughs> yeah. but you, no, no, no. But if you have a 30 inch vertical, I'd go up, but coming down. Yeah. You and usually when I do jumps and stuff, the hardest part's like the landing. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, like my knees just aren't like, they're not shock absorbers anymore. It's Next. just, why I land, it's like, Oh. Next time you want to dunk, let's do this. Like you can dunk, and then we'll have someone with a little like step ladder, and you just hang off the rim for a second, do some pull ups, and then we'll just like bring the step ladder, and you can just walk back down and prep for your next. You know, one. I was remembering the other day because I was watching a dunk contest. When I was in high school, I did do the Vince Carter like elbow on the rim thing. Oh, the uh, not with what the is, ball. What is that? What is that called? That's the. Uh, oh, oh, there's a, a name, name for that. I forgot, but I did it because I was like. We just hang because when I was in high school, was like elbow, peak, yeah. yeah, that was like peak Vince Carter time. When that was, I was Vince Sanity. Yeah. Well, it's but still, I remember he's still playing, which is insane. <laughs> it's still Vince Carter. I, I don't wanna, understand. I want to clarify: this man is he's, he's played in the league this year. Yeah, that's. I think he's forty-two. Like that's. When you think about all the people he used to play with, who have been retired for like ten years already, you're just like, you know, like Tracy McGrady. Who's an awesome Dirk, NBA analyst? Dirk was like the last, I think, the last non-Vince Carter player from that draft class. Probably I he think. retired last year, right? Yeah, I think it yeah. was like, or maybe two years ago. Dirk wasn't retired. there one other guy? Was it Dirk? Who? Anyway, his longevity is impressive, no yeah. matter your sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is now a Vince Carter podcast. <laughs> we talk about we talk about Vince Carter. I had the shocks in high school. I love those shoes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That, I think that was before <laughs> my time. That was probably before you. That was like that was like two thousand. I think Kevin and I are closer. I was, I was Kevin, how old are you? Do you mind me asking? Thirty-three. Okay, we're actually about. I'm about equidistant between you between you two. Then oh, I nice. might be closer to Kevin than I am than I am to you. Yeah, I think okay. physically I'm closer to Kevin than I am <laughs> I than about, I am I to you, Jake. <laughs> just just from like uh just from just from like people see us and they're like, oh, those guys look similar yeah I'm, these I'm guys also, go to the same gym they're clearly they, training partners they, <laughs> maybe maybe second cousins <laughs> twice removed i mean i have pretty curly hair so it's possible yeah i'm growing it, i'm growing it out by the way if you're not watching the video of this podcast my hair actually extends up above the headphone bridge that takes work it, it's a, <laughs> you gotta gonna, respect it's it. just gonna mention it's gonna the, my hair is gonna then meet again if it goes any longer above the hair for the the headphone <laughs> yeah tune back in in two months and you'll see it up here every day it gets stronger it, and bigger when we record remote <laughs> remotely with people and like we start whether we're recording on like zoom or skype or something if we turn the video on they're just pe- like whoa people people look at me and they're like because it takes up so much of the screen they're like you good like what's what's, what's going on and strength athletes i have to say we record with a lot of like strength athletes researchers they tend to be pretty like put together people i feel like that's yeah. I, strength I, athletes like maybe 10 years ago but not so much but these days this is like the days where you know taylor atwood shows up with like perfectly quaffed hair is that, a, yeah, is that he's, a like, he's like Quaff? mr wall street I'm, though. I, yeah i'm not sure yeah he's he's an ibm guy and they look at me and they're like what is what is going on with you buddy like what's <laughs> well you're clean shaven though well not yeah kind well kind of i don't know i got so something like i got definitely some live somewhere <laughs> I, I do <laughs> I do, I do live. You know, thanks, Kevin. This is really, this has really pumped me up in a in a big way. Back to powerlifting. What, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, what changes do you think powerlifting is going to go through over the next few years? 
Um, as a, as a sport, could be at the federation level, could be at the sport level, community level, what what have you. I don't know. I mean, I feel like <coughs> sorry. I feel like it has grown a lot. I don't know if it's going to continue to grow that much, but it could, which would be awesome. Um, I see USAPL IPF getting bigger and bigger and bigger, just because it's kind of like the easiest to to like the normal person who just starts lifting. That's like the easiest, like, you know, I just work out at a regular gym, use regular bars, like nothing crazy. I don't have to learn how to use a mono and stuff. You know what I mean? So I see USAPL and IPF to continue, definitely continue growing in popularity. Um, like non-tested will probably keep growing. Cause I think people in general just gonna keep kind of flooding into the sport, but, um, I don't know. I don't really know in terms of like, I think we're, I mean, I definitely think we're going to see numbers just keep going up as the talent pool just keeps increasing. Um, you're constantly seeing on Instagram PR, everything's about PRing and, you know, so we're just going to continue to see world records broken over and over unless you really get some people who come into certain weight classes that are really just like up and a lot. But I think we're going to continue to see growth. We're going to continue to see world records broken, continue to see more meets. Um, we got like the Sheffield meet coming up on the IPF side. So I think a lot of people are going to be interested to see how that goes. Um, Cause that's like finally kind of money being put out on that side, on the tested side. So that's probably going to be like a huge thing on that side, just to see like people get money or whatever, like maybe more sponsorships, like whatever, but that'll probably be, huge on that side but i don't know hopefully more money meets but i don't expect to see anything like crazy happen <laughs> like i don't know i was gonna actually ask um who do you have on winning the sheffield meet uh, i don't know <laughs> because this is one of the things i hate with powerlifting it's like ipf points and wilts it's like i don't understand like when you watch ufc night there's what, like five cards, maybe five fights. They're, at the end of the night, they're not like, all right, well, now that now we go the formula and we're gonna pick who the best fighter overall is. It's like, no, like this person won that weight class. This person won that weight class. To me, they should just when they do money meets, they should just split the money across weight classes, maybe because I think Wilkes and IPF points is just like it's a random formula. And they can just change it. Like next week, I can change the form. Like I'll be like, "Oh, we're using this formula now." So now this person's not the best. This person's the best, and it's like, but nothing changed. So how does that work? You know? So I don't know. I really I don't care. I think IPF points kind of helps like the lighter lifters now, right? So it's probably gonna be like a seventy-four or an eighty-three kg, right? Like one light. Like no, no, that's really matter. It's kind of like whose line is it anyway? Where the old adage was like where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. If anyone watched that show, if you could, if you could add, this is a, this is a dumb question. I remember it like 20 years ago. Drew okay. Carey. Right? Drew Carey. Yeah. yeah. That was again, that was before your, before your time, Jake. First off, I used to watch whose line is it anyway. So there's some drama. Colin. There's yeah. drama with Drew Carey right now. Is it there? Oh no. Like his, his ex, his, his, his ex fiance was, ex, was, was, was murdered. murdered. Yeah. It's actually quite a, there's like, heavy there's like crazy. Drama. This is not a true crime podcast. That's going to be, we're going to release a, the Barben true crime podcast. A few, a few months from now, it's going to be hosted by Jake and he's just going to be scared all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great. Sick. 
Write that in the contract. <laughs> Kevin, where is the best place for folks to keep up to date with uh, with what you're doing, uh, training, competition, coaching, all that good stuff? Um, try DrewCarry.com. No, um, for me, mostly Instagram. I do YouTube sometimes, but usually closer to meets. So Instagram, at OakStrong. Um, I also own Barbell Commission Apparel, so check that out at BarbellCommissionApparel.com. Also, their Instagram, Barbell Commission, but it's about it. For coaching, just DM me or email growoakstrong at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, guys.